everyone, welcome back to the Fashion Cupboard podcast. I'm so excited today to be speaking to the amazing Lillian, who's previously worked as a fashion assistant, digital assistant, and is now the video and social media producer for Grazia UK. Previously to her role at Grazia, Lillian worked for the amazing Elizabeth Saltzman, as well as interning at Tom Ford, which is something that she talks about in this interview. We're going to be chatting all things from how she got her role at Grazia down to her first ever London Fashion Week and what that experience was like. So without further ado, I introduce Lillian. Hi Lils. Hey Em, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited about this podcast. I'm so excited that you are here speaking to me. So let's get straight into it. How did you start working in the fashion industry? So I started, um, I went to uni and did publishing in English literature. But I think like in my degree, I always tailored my projects around fashion. And then in my third year, I was really lucky to start interning at Tom Ford, um, which was everything I had hoped for. So yeah, that was really, really fun. Nearly dropped a box on Mr. Ford, which wasn't a particularly great highlight. (laughs) I was kind of like coming through the door and I had this massive box. I didn't realise he was on the other side. So I kind of just like went into him and I was like, I was like, I'm really sorry. And he's like, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. I mean, I can't do an American accent, but yeah. (laughs) You know, that's so funny just on like a tangent because I had a really similar encounter with Henry Holland because oh, God. I, I interned at House of Holland, gosh, when I was about 17, I think. It was me and another intern, and we were in the like fashion cupboard, and they had all the archive boxes from all of the shows with all the runway looks. Mm-hmm. And one of our intern tasks was to like sort through the boxes and make sure that you know the shoes and everything worked and everything matched. And I remember like all of the boxes were stacked on top of each other. And me being me, I like pulled the box out, not realising there was like three other boxes on top and literally the whole wall of boxes just like collapsed on me (laughs) me and the other intern. And Henry Holland came like running in and he was like, the shoes, the shoes, oh my gosh, are the shoes okay? And we literally like had our hands like poking out from like underneath the boxes. Sorry, carry on, it just reminded Um, me of that. Yeah, it's fine. So yeah, nearly dropped a box um, on Mr Ford and... Then from there, I started working for Elizabeth Saltzman, who is a huge stylist and amazing, amazing woman. And yeah, she basically kind of gave me this amazing foundation um, and all this knowledge. And, you know, she always jokes like to me, oh, you graduated from like the University of Saltzman. And I'm like, I actually did though. (laughs) And then while I was working for Elizabeth, I met a great um, woman called Beth, who we were working with her um, for the BAFTAs at the time. And we kind of just like hit it off. She just came into the studio and I think Elizabeth was out at the time. So I was kind of like looking after her and we were in the back room. We were like trying on all this really expensive jewellery and I've still got photos of me like trying it on thinking this is like the best thing ever. Yeah. And we kind of like kept in contact over email, but that was about it really. And then from Elizabeth, um, I went to Grazia, which is where I am now. And Beth's best friend is Fenella, who was our 
amazing style director. Big up Fenella, we love Fenella. Yeah, so much. <laughs> so yeah, and Beth told me of this job that was going at Grazia, like desk cover. It wasn't anything permanent at the time. Um, and you know, I just wanted to get as much experience as I could. And like moving into editorial was where I wanted to go anyway. Um, so I applied and then, yeah, I'm Stella Grazia. Yay. Yeah. And then met you. You did meet me. <laughs> and I really, really clearly remember meeting you for the first time. So to give everyone some context, I used to work as the fashion assistant at Grazia. And I was there for about a year and a half. During the time that I was at Grazia, towards the end, I was the only fashion assistant. And unless you've kind of worked on a fashion desk, you might not realise how much work it is for one person to be the only fashion assistant. And I remember hearing that we were having someone come in for desk cover and I was like, hallelujah. Um, and so in came Lillian and she helped me with all of my work. She helped with the, like all of the fashion teamwork and she was just brilliant. And what I hadn't told Lillian whilst she was kind of, you know, I kind of secretly was watching everything that she was doing because in my head I knew that I had planned to hand my notice in. And I knew that I would only hand my notice in when I knew that there would be someone that could take the reins essentially and I wouldn't just be leaving everyone in the lurch because I didn't want to do that. So in came Angel in leather trousers and I watched her and all her work and it was so great and the day, Lil, do you remember the day that I, <laughs> I handed oh, my notice in? Don't even. This day was just like, I'm pretty sure within this day, like lots of things were happening anyway. Like I remember the cupboard being really full, you yeah. know, there was just lots of things going on. And I walked into the cupboard and you were kind of stood there. I think Gemma was like coming was, in that day. It was, it was Gemma's high street. It was Gemma's yeah. High Street story and she had just done a run through with our fashion director at the time or was about to do a run through and yeah, carry on. Yeah. Anyway, and then I just remember like you standing kind of like in front of the mirror and you being like, I think we were just kind of talking about like, oh, what am I going to do after this and stuff? And you were just kind of like, well, I wouldn't make any plans yeah. this. And I remember looking at the mirror and then like looking at me <laughs> and then like looking at you and I was just like what is going on I like, like I may have like winked I don't even I don't I just <laughs> it was very like sly and I was like okay I definitely feel like there's more to this story and then as the day went on it just like unfolded and you you were like I'm gonna hand them a notice or or that you came back and you told me you had handed them your notice yeah. and yeah you were like shaking and I was like okay Sweating. calm down like, <laughs> gonna, like it's gonna be okay <laughs> or like all in like this time I'm just kind of thinking to myself like holy crap like yeah completely um, yeah I mean that day it was it was intense but there was so much going on and I just remember being like so nervous to hand my notice in because I knew it was the right thing to do but I obviously you know was just very committed to the job and it's so hard I think that's also something that we can kind of maybe touch on is like it's quite nerve-wracking if you are in a full-time job in the, in the fashion editorial world to leave to go freelance because yeah. you hear that saying quite often of like once you've got your foot in the door you don't really want to leave yeah. and then come back into it so it was a big step for me definitely to go freelance 
on that note, for those who don't really know what a fashion assistant position is kind of about, which is obviously what we've been touching on, Lil, what would you say like an average day? What was an average day like for you at Grazia as a fashion assistant? There is no such thing as an average day in Agreed. the world of fashion, let alone fashion assistants. But like, you know, one day I could be just doing something like quite, I don't know, like catwalk research. And then the next day I could be like running around Oxford Street buying knickers. True story. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when I was with Elizabeth, it was so like that as well, because like one day I could be like hoovering the studio and the, the next day I'd be having like tea with Mark Bronson's mum. And it's just <laughs> like, what, what is going on? Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's so, it's so up and down. You just, you know, it's up, down, middle, top, bottom, just, you know. Definitely. I think it's so varied. It yeah. really is. Like, yeah. like you said, you know, one day you can be doing catwalk research or helping with a shopping story or something for online or whatever it might be. And then the next day you could be on a shoot in Morocco. Like, isn't it literally is just, exactly. like you went on a shoot, to, you went to Paris with Gemma, didn't you? That was one of yeah. your, like your first oh, shoot. That was my first editorial shoot at Grazia. And I came in as desk cover doing research and, you know, doing call-ins. And I was like, this is amazing. And then they were like, okay, we're going to send you to Paris because Emma can't make it. And I was like, what? I was like, this is absolutely insane, but amazing. And I remember that was my first shoot with Gemma. And I was just like a month in working there. And it was just incredible. And it was like my first cover shoot. And but it was so quick. So yeah. it was like literally in and out in a flash. Like Yeah, well, I mean, when, when, we, when we talk about like going to these like really glam places like Paris or Morocco or, you know, wherever, New York, you don't actually really get to see the city. Yeah. You just get to see yeah, the yeah. inside of the studio or the location house that you're shooting in. You don't, yeah. unless you're, unless of course you're there for like, you know, maybe you've gone somewhere tropical for like three days and you're shooting two stories. Yeah. That's different, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, going to going to Paris for a day is like it's yeah it's in and out it's like it's over in a blink we literally um, got there in at night got to the hotel went to sleep woke up at like five or six or something ridiculous got the suitcases went to the studio and then from the studio we went straight back to the Eurostar and got on yeah. the train all of that packing and unpacking and moving and boxes oh. and like what what do you think the most challenging part is of being a fashion assistant I definitely think it was keeping everyone happy and not just the people in your immediate team you yeah. know it's about keeping the PRs happy the subs desk art and pictures the the post room the building manager like the interns you just have all, it's like being a waitress in like a restaurant with like 50 tables in it and like you're totally. the only waitress. You're often like a middleman, aren't you? Yeah, I and, think as well, yeah. like you're having to juggle so much sometimes that yeah. it's just really important to, and we kind of, I kind of talked about this with Gemma, you know, attitude is really important and mm. just because you've got a million things going on doesn't give you an excuse to be an arsehole mm -hmm. you should treat everyone really well and i think one thing that people never think about is 
when you're when you're working as like a fashion assistant or you're working on the fashion team and you're having to talk to editors and you're having to talk to photographers and there's like all of these people that you're talking to and you're also mm. talking to like the post guys the security and it's like yeah. you don't realize how important that post room is until yeah. you no, exactly. you know you've got call-ins and it's 6 30 and the post room's closed but because you have a really good relationship with the post guys they'll keep it open for you but i just think it's very important to to make sure that you don't get swept up in kind of thinking you're above anyone even the interns i think you've always just got to put yourself like especially with the interns you've always just got to remember what it was like for you and how you were treated because essentially like most of us always start as interns Definitely. so and you always remember the people that treated you well i mean i do personally 100 percent. i remember and the ones that didn't <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah Definitely. <laughs> it sounds really lame but i have a list on my phone of all the people in my life my career that have just not even like been a massive impact <clears throat> on my career like things just like little things that people have said to me and I always write them down because I'm just like I want to sit back one day and just read this list and yeah. just remember all these amazing people that I've come across and have said something really nice to me or I mean it's a bit cringe and also like the list kind of just says random things <laughs> I like your uh, hair today, Lillian. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, one of my lecturers at university was like, I sat down with her one day and I was like, I'm just an average student. Like, I'm never gonna da da da. And she was like, you're not an average student. And I was like, oh, that's quite nice. That's going on the list. I do, think, well, I do think that like, you know, things like that actually really help you frame your life. My English teacher at school, her name was Mrs. Eisenberg. I was terrible at science and really terrible at maths. Anyway, it was like our, the morning of our science GCSE and I was freaking out. And I've always been very fortunate that my mum, she's always pushed me to do well, but she's never grounded me if I didn't get an A star in science because she knows what my like, you know, what I can do and what I'm not so good yeah. at. And um, she drove me to school and like the whole way down, I was freaking out. Anyway, we got to school and Mrs. Eisenberg, who was my head of year and also head of English, she pulled me into her office and she was like, you are going to go into that exam hall and you're going to fail. And when you get your result and you failed it, you're going to come into my office and we're going to have a party because your ability to do well in life is not based off of your science GCSE. Yes, and I love that. I swear to you, like I have never forgotten that. And it always just resonates in every single scenario. Yeah. Like just because you think that you can't do something, it doesn't mean that you won't thrive elsewhere. Yeah. So true. I was but. having a conversation with, um, it was at someone's leaving do in Hattie Crissell. Um, who's an amazing writer and I was talking about moving to London because I don't actually live in London nor have I ever lived in London um, and I was like oh, I just feel like you know I don't live here like I'm just feel like I'm missing out all the time like I'm missing out on the party and she just turned around to me and she was like Lillian you are the party <laughs> I, I love like, that yeah. <laughs> I love you for saying <laughs> that I was like that's going down on the list that is brilliant um, it's just people like that, like, and your teacher, just like these little boosts of energy that just make you feel yeah. really humble and happy and like you can do anything. 
connection. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's so amazing to be able to to look up to people in the industry. And we will come onto it later, obviously, like inspirations and people that have, mm-hmm. you know, been like a mentor to you since you've been working in the industry. But I would definitely say that, you know, it's nice to feel like people have your back and it's nice to make friends with people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I feel like even though you were gone, I was still like, Emma, why do this? I remember saying to you when I left, I was like, I'm at the other end of the phone. Please, if there's anything, just text me or call me. Like, I'm here. But it's it's nice because, I mean, even after I left, like, obviously I still do, like, London Fashion Week, but I do it on a freelance basis. So London Fashion Week, you know, I think a lot of people kind of think of London Fashion Week as this huge glamorous event, which it is. I'm not going to downplay it. It is very glam. It can be very glamorous. Um, but at the same time, it's also really hard work when you have like, you know, 10 shows in a day and you're having to go from this place, the one side of London to the other side of London and like four presentations in between. And, and you have to get, you know, from Holborn to Shoreditch and Shoreditch back to, you know, Gooch Street in like 10 minutes. It's, it's pretty stressful. Do you remember what your first London Fashion Week experience was like? Oh my god, I oh, I was with Elizabeth at the time. Yeah. And I didn't think that I was going to go to to Fashion Week, but I was like, oh my god, I'm going to London Fashion Week. This is insane. Like I used to sit on my bedroom floor when I was a teenager and like there'd be advertisements in magazines for London Fashion Week that you could buy tickets for yeah I still don't really know like where those people are but like you can buy I think it's at the BFC they do like open yeah yeah Yeah. so you can buy tickets to go to the show space and I used to always be like okay one day I'm gonna save up my money I'm gonna buy myself a ticket and I'm going yeah so it was like a dream come true to be honest and I remember like planning outfits and getting really panicked about what I was gonna wear because in my mind I was like oh everyone's gonna be taking photos of me (laughs) (laughs) which definitely wasn't the case because some of these outfits I put together were I swear to you I actually don't think that anyone has ever taken a photo of me at London Fashion Week I (laughs) I can honestly say even when I was with like you know, like Fenella, who's like chic, or like Laura, who's chic, yeah. like they'd have their photo taken by like street style photographers. I would just be like in the background in like my trench coat, like with my hat, walking past. Like, Honestly, like the outfits used to give me like so much anxiety. But yeah, and then like we got, we had a car, which was like another thing that I was like absolutely obsessed with. And being in this car, and like having people on the pavement look at you in this car, like this blacked out car. There was like Mercedes. Yeah. And I was just like, this is the weirdest feeling. You're like, this is it, I've made it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was just like, I'm meant to be on the pavement looking at this car, not sat in the car. Like, this is so bizarre. Yeah. And yeah, and then like, you know, we as you say like it's it's a manic time because at Grazia we have like big fashion issue and then with Elizabeth we had just like other shoots going on and you know you're just darting around everywhere um trying to fit in as much as you can yeah Um, my first like proper massive show was Christopher Bailey's last Burberry show oh my gosh it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my entire life yeah and it was it was incredible like there was like this massive lighting rig 
with like lasers coming down and it was like built in Tasmania and had to be like shipped over oh my god the music was like Bronsky B and like oh it was just amazing I just remember coming out of that being like I feel like on top of the world right now yeah I do think that I do think that sometimes like shows can have that effect on you like my first big invite was Mary Katransu and oh, I love Mary Katransu Roundhouse in Camden and I remember we all went together because the whole fashion team were invited and it was the most spectacular show and yeah. I just remember sitting there and being like in awe of the fact that like little Emma Gold was sat watching like yeah. this incredible show. Honestly, like I'd give anything to be running around London right now. Just... Me too. On another note, kind of going off of fashion for a second. Yeah. Congratulations on your new role. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I'm so excited for you. So Lillian has just moved from being fashion assistant to, was it features assistant? It was digital assistant, yeah. Digital assistant. And now from digital assistant, you are? Social media and video producer. For those that haven't seen Lillian's TikToks, go and follow Lillian on TikTok because they make my day every time she posts one. Um, but how did you make that shift? One of the best things about being a fashion assistant, and you'll know this as well, but it's just like you get to try so much. So like whether that's styling or like shopping pages or writing. And I was always really excited when I did a, a shopping page because I get to like the shopping is great and I love doing that. But you get to write little bits of copy. Yeah. And like on the off chance when I got to write like, I don't know, it'd be like 10 words. It didn't even mean anything really, but. I just loved the process of like writing them, be able to see what you've written in the magazine. So that used to really excite me. And then one day I was like talking to um, Laura Jordan, who is our fashion news features director. And yeah, and we were talking about something that she'd written for the magazine ages ago, like years ago. And she had it in front of her and she kind of swung it across to me. And I started reading it and I started welling up because I was like, her writing is so beautiful and so moving. And I think the subject around what she was talking about was quite relatable for me at the time. And, and I was just like, this is incredible. Like I need to write more. Like I need to do more writing. This is like what I want to do. So I kind of started writing for online. Um, and I remember my first, article that I did for online was bikinis for bigger boobs which I was just so thrilled about and then like the job came up for digital assistant and I knew that it would be more writing and so I went for that and I got that so I moved desk but I was still very kind of like involved in the fashion team yeah um and like constantly writing about it and beauty and things like that And then I just became so immersed into this digital world. And usually I'm quite old fashioned. Like I love a magazine. I love picking it up. I love the pages, et cetera, et cetera. But I did just become like so aware of this online, like fashion world. Yeah. Like people on social media doing like really creative things that you could never put into like a physical topic. So I started working like really closely with um, Phoebe, who is our social media editor. And she honestly just like opened my eyes to like everything going on online. And 
then from there like TikTok kind of like had already started really but it was always kind of seen as a very like a youngsters platform totally yeah and then like the pandemic kicked in um, and we were obviously working from home and I was like, do you know what? I've got more time now. I'm not commuting. I'm going to get this TikTok thing. I'm going to see what it's all about. And they like nothing to do with fashion. They're just like me being an absolute goon, just yeah. being like <laughs> lip syncing, dancing, just living my best life really. And then I was just like, we started talking about it more at work, like TikTok videos, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I was like, well, I can make a few like fashion videos, like why not? So I made some fashion TikTok kind of things. They went down like pretty well, I think. And then I just started doing more and more videos and going back to like the shows at Fashion Week, like I was always so immersed in the production of a show. And I think now that makes sense to me. So going back to obviously you said about your first article one of your first articles being about bikinis for women with fuller breasts kind of give us a bit <laughs> i have really big boobs uh, i'm like a 32 h a b c d e f g h just for <laughs> context <laughs> so you have you have a blog for women with fuller breasts right yeah yeah i do, do you so tell us a bit about that yeah i've always kind of I don't know whether hated my boobs is the right word, but I've never really got on with them mm-hmm. um, because they are just like bigger than the average. So yeah, I've never really had like a great um, relationship with my boobs or my body. And I think over a period of time, I just stopped this war that I was having with myself. And because, you know, I didn't look like this or I didn't look like that. And, you know, it's very compare and despair mentality and it's not healthy. And so I was just kind of like, you know, there are there are women out there that have big boobs, like just like me. And like, I'm sure people would want to kind of, I want to share my expertise with these people to make them feel more comfortable, to make them love themselves, essentially. So yeah, I gave up on the war with myself and just started preaching about love and how having good boobs is not a problem. Like, we're so taught to see them as a problem and, like, you know, them and you know it's not attractive if you've got them out and like all these rules that just they're just bullshit like (laughs) I just hate them no I completely Um, agree yeah so now I am at one with my bosoms (laughs) (laughs) and hopefully I can kind of share my wisdom with people and make people feel a little bit warmer and happier inside you definitely do when we were younger I think like Ashley Graham and people like they were around, but they weren't like massive like they are now. Totally. Um, it was still very like, you know. You didn't see different. women with different figures on no. magazines. No, no, no. You know, no. you just didn't. You saw no. the Victoria's Secret show every year and you yeah. saw, you know, yeah. one size, yeah. one figure, one model. And I think it's so important now more than ever to show real people and real variety because mm. you know you should you should be seeing what you see every day yeah definitely if you if you had one thing that you would change about the fashion industry what what would it be yeah i think like touching on that just making samples bigger 
like there was that great post by Francesca Burns. Um, yes. She basically was on a shoot and she was shooting a model who was sample size. And these trousers, they wouldn't fit this model and she took a photo of it and it kind of blew up. But when someone tells you, okay, like we've booked a curve model and it's like, yes, yeah, like let's do this. And then you go to like the call-ins and you start calling in and you face all these problems because it's like, well, we don't have a sample in that size and we can't pull from store. And it's just like, well, if you made a sample in that size, we wouldn't be having this issue. Yeah. And also, I always think of it from the model's perspective. It's like, it must be oh, horrible. Like, I think the shows recently have been insane. Like, the Versace show with the, Dream. all the different, like, sized models. That was incredible to see. But there are still brands out there that won't have curved models on their runways. And I think it's such a shame. I just think it's so important that young girls now look, to these magazines and I mean seeing people like Lizzo and you know Ashley Graham obviously she's beautiful and Jill Courtlev like these people on front covers it's so important and for such a long time it wasn't and I think you know in two ways society now young girls can look up to people like these models that we've just mentioned and like people like you who are opening people's eyes to be like it's okay um one of my final questions for you is what advice would you give to someone wanting to get into the editorial world because I mean obviously now I have people message me quite a lot to say like you know what do I do Mm -hmm. the offices aren't open how can I intern when there's no like office How, how do people get into it now in this day and age that we're living in I would say learn your basics from anywhere you can. So it doesn't necessarily have to be coming from the editorial world. Ever so often, like Elizabeth used to send us around department stores just to look at brands and like feel the clothing. And, you know, obviously we can't go into stores now as well, but like just go to Netsporter, have a scroll, like see what brands are out there. And just, yeah, just learn your basics from anywhere you can, like books, anything. Yeah. And I think once you have kind of like that foundation, I always, when I struggled to find work, I did it myself. So I, you know, I did a shoot with my friends. One was like a makeup artist, one was a model, one was a photographer, like I did these things myself and one time I made like an online magazine and you know no one read this thing or it didn't really come to anything at the time it's all good experience like even if you're just doing it yourself for yourself like just to know how like I don't know like a CMS works or how to input a video or just these yeah. things are really useful and or knowing how to book a, like knowing how to deal with a photographer and how to yeah. you know like book a model or exactly. I think I think it's so <clears throat> kind of important to just like you said just take it upon yourself to to be like okay so I want to get into the fashion editorial world but nowhere's hiring in terms at the moment what can I yeah. do right yeah I'm going to I'm going to do a test shoot because I want to be a stylist. So exactly. I'm going to contact I'm going to reach out to loads of photographers that I've seen who I like their work on Instagram and I'm going to reach out to model agents and ask if any of their new faces are doing test shoots and I'm just going to set up a portfolio for myself and then when the time comes that people are hiring again, 
I have something to show. I have something to show for this time. Because like you said, I mean, it's so important to learn those values early on, like Elizabeth telling you to go to these department stores and fill the clothes. My boyfriend laughs at me all the time because every time we walk into a shop, I have to touch everything. I mean, God, not now. Like I'd have sanitizer at the ready, but in, in normal non-COVID times, like I am touching all of the fabric because I want to know. Like I definitely agree. I think that's so important. Just being really kind of codependent and just 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 keep yeah. trying, keep reaching out to people, and yeah, definitely don't stop. Yeah reaching out as well I would say like honestly what is the worst thing that could happen they ignore you or they say no okay fine Move and then you're back life. where you started anyway. like the next person like exactly. it really doesn't matter and I think people are like I was really scared as well like it is a nerve-wracking thing because you're thinking like what they're gonna think of you but ultimately if you want something if you really really want something you should just go for it 100 percent I think as well, like like you just said, like there's really not, there's nothing bad that can come of it. Like when I got my job at Grazia, I got it because I saw that Charlie Suggett had been promoted to fashion assistant. And I just emailed her to be like, hey, congratulations on the promotion. Like if Grazia are ever hiring a freelancer, I would really love to come in. And that's how I got my job. So you just don't know. Try, keep trying. Like don't yeah. take rejection personally. Yes, um, who would you say has been your mentor or inspiration? Last question. I'd definitely say Elizabeth. Yeah. She, I think I came to her with a lot of my uni work, which was like very um, written based, like magazine editorial. And she knew that I wanted to pursue that avenue, but she still kind of took me under her wing and just showed me and taught me everything about this amazing world and industry and yeah she really like nurtured me in a way and she's like a, quite a motherly figure anyway and we'd have so much fun like in the office and I think another thing is she's very vocal about the fact that you know our health our friends our family they are the core of our world and this is just something that we are doing. And I loved that. It always kept me grounded. It keeps you like level headed. And especially coming from her because she is such an icon and a legend. And Definitely. So yeah, I'd, I'd say her. And then also like really randomly, but I had a job at university at Banana Republic. And our manager, Jo, um, she was a store manager and she was just so great and I think what I learned from her as well was like this incredible work ethic yeah she really taught me the value of kind of perfection and you know whether that was just folding clothes or going the extra mile with a customer like that was also really valuable for me in like my career yeah and I think both of those women in particular are very uplifting and you know, they don't want to keep you in one place. They want to see you flourish and grow and do these amazing things. And you can really feel that from someone. And that's what I love about them. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I can't speak for your, obviously I can't speak for your store manager, but I have met Elizabeth and I can totally see where you're coming from there. Because I remember just being like in awe of her and being like, oh my God, you are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's an absolute powerhouse. I mean, it's amazing to 
look back on your career and have two women who have helped you define so much, who are so different, but equally have taught you such important lessons. A huge thank you. And for everyone who is listening, please go and check out Lillian's Instagram because it's full of like happiness and light and everything that is good. So be sure to go and check it out. But thank you so, so much. And lots of boobs. <laughs>thanks again to Lillian for being on this week's podcast it was so much fun talking to her and literally just took me back to our fashion cupboard gossip days so it was really really great talking to you Lil thanks so much as always if you have any questions at all for Lillian you can reach us on our Instagram at the fashion cupboard podcast or send us an email at the fashion cupboard podcast at gmail.com as usual, we'll be announcing who next week's guest is on our Instagram. So definitely give us a follow and stay up to date with who's coming up. And yeah, that's it from me. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week. Bye.